all we're going to take. 20 minutes to get some of you to refocus, some of you to change your perspective, some of you to shift what it is that's going on in your life right now. 20 minutes to help you leave here with a different mindset than as you came in here. And today, I really felt God asked me to do something really simple, but something that we need to do from time to time. And I wanna bring a word to all of you whose statement this would be true for. If I read this out now, you're like, that is where I am living. I wanna help those who would say this, I am moving, but nothing is changing. I am moving, but nothing is changing. I am coming to church. I am being good. I, 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 I'm, I'm moving, but nothing is changing. I, I, I'm trying, but nothing has shifted. I'm believing, but nothing has happened. If that is where you have an aspect of your life right now, this word is for you. And if you're not there right now, believe you me, you will be there sometime soon because we all go through these seasons where I'm moving, but nothing's changing. I, 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 I feel like I'm doing what I know to do, but why is it that nothing looks different around here? I mean, people to the left of me and the right of me seem to be having miracles every week, but my miracle is not here. I mean, that girl that was single as long as me, I mean, she's now married and, and happy and I'm still single. And you know, that debt that they seem to have had a breakthrough on, I haven't had a breakthrough on my debt. And, and I feel like God somehow missed me and yet I'm doing all that I know to do. I wanna help you in your frustration. I wanna help you in the season you're in because it can be like that at times, that we're moving, but seemingly nothing is changing. The first thing I wanna say to you is, don't be fooled by what you see. How we measure change and how God measures change are entirely different. The signs that we are looking for and the signs that God sees are entirely different. And some of you will be shocked to know exactly how much right now is actually changing. It's just that you are unaware of it. You know, I would go as far as to say there's probably somebody in this room right now and you are already pregnant and you have no clue. You're already pregnant, you have no clue. You're like, you're, you're, there's a baby growing on the inside of you, but right now you don't know it because your body's not changed enough for you to know it. Some of you are like, oh Lord Jesus, I pray that word wasn't for me. <laughs> and Lord, I include myself in that prayer. <laughs> because change can be happening and you don't even see it, you're not even aware of it. It takes a lot longer sometimes for us visibly with our natural eye to see what's been going on all along. And oftentimes I laugh because we're so frustrated and God is in heaven laughing because he's like, if only you knew what I knew. If only you could see what I could see, you would stop being so frantic and you would start to understand this is a process. This is not the end. And there are things happening that you have no clue about. And so take heart today because oftentimes we are too hard on ourselves. We're too harsh on ourselves. And if you've ever had a kid that doesn't seem to be growing, and we're measuring them against everybody else in their class that they're the shortest or they're not growing. But I, I tell you what will be growing, things that you haven't even thought about, like their feet. I remember my son not needing to change his age of clothes and so me not even thinking that there was growth going on in his shoes. And then one day seeing his toe pointing out of his shoe. 
and realizing what an epic mother fail I had that my son had been walking to school with his toes scrunched up inside his shoes because to me, well, you're not growing because you're still in age seven clothes, but his feet were growing. Sometimes we can't see the area that is growing, but let me tell you, when you give it to God, there's always something happening. God is never dormant. God is never asleep. God is always working, always. Well, you're sat here. He's doing stuff over there. Well, you're in this room. He's working on the thing over there that you think he's forgotten about. God is always working. So I know you might feel, well, I'm moving, but nothing's changing. And that can be frustrating. But remember, God has a perspective different. Now, saying all of that, there are seasons when God wants to teach us how to war in different ways. The Bible is full of many different battles that people had to take on. Stories all throughout the Bible of of enemies that were defeated and battles that were commenced and defeats and victories that happened, but all of them were different. There were those that were the battles where huge armies would rush in and they would fight to the point of exhaustion. They would fight so much that actually Joshua would have to say, could you keep the sun still because I have not finished doing the job that you asked me to do. And we all have been in seasons of our life where we feel it's a fight and it's exhausting and you get up the next day and you gotta get your sword out again and you gotta take the head off another situation and you feel like, okay, I'm in a season of warfare. Maybe that's your season right now. We have to get good at warfare. We have to read and instruct ourselves how to fight a fight that sometimes we don't want to be in, but it's necessary for us to be in. Some of you are in that season for your kids right now. And for you, it is a battle. There is a physical battle going on and you know there's a spiritual dimension that you're applying. And so there's those battles. There's also battles in the Bible that looked very different. Battles where God would say, you know, okay, I want you to do these three weird things and then this major miracle is gonna happen. And then there would be battles where David, for example, would go in and everybody's thinking he's gonna fight, but instead with his skill, he's able to take a giant down with a slingshot. Each battle looked different. The victory came, but the way that the victory came was different. And there's a way that sometimes we have to go to war that is one that we don't understand and therefore we get frustrated more in because at least when you're fighting, you have the scars to show that you're getting somewhere. At least when you're on the front line, you feel like, well, I can see I killed three things today. At least when the giant falls before you from the thing in your hand, you're like, there you go, there's the victory. But actually there's a way that sometimes more often than not we win a battle and that's one that God wants to help us with because it is literally a battle where you have to move but actually it looks like nothing is changing. Actually a battle where God's gonna require you to do stuff but actually he's not gonna show you much stuff for all the movement that's going on. And I like to call it, this is the battle that involves circling, circling. Would you say circling? You ever felt you're going round and round and round in circles? Maybe that's what you feel that you're doing right now. But there is a way to circle that actually is a way that God 
has destined and designed to, for your future and to build you to be a better person, to teach you some things for your future and for your kids' future. There's a way to circle that is not negative, but it is entirely positive if you will learn how to do it God's way. And so we're gonna learn how to circle in these next 11 minutes, praise the Lord Jesus, from Joshua who had to learn the same situation in Joshua 6 when the famous story of the walls of Jericho took place. Here was Joshua moving into new land, into new territory, into the promised land. And yet he gets into the promised land and there's this huge, great, big problem called Jericho. This massive walled up, intimidating city where the enemy was camped, where there was no way of getting over the wall. There was no way of breaking down the wall. And they moved into this area of new opportunity, but with a problem that God wanted them to learn how to handle. And God's choice of how to handle this situation was circling. God was going to choose a battle plan that maybe did not make sense to anyone at the time. But if actually you think about it, it makes perfect sense because of the people that actually were going to need to win this battle. See, they had come from a past of circling. They had come from a generation who had circled around in a wilderness for way longer than they were supposed to. They came from a, from a history and a lineage of circlers, ones that had circled when God said, you can go into the new land. And instead of getting there quickly, they had gone around and around and around and around. And you need to know there is bad circling and there is good circling. And I think God chose this method of warfare because He wanted to retrain them from a bad habit of their past. I think He wanted to let them know, I think you have a negative idea of circling because of what has been modeled to you. But actually, if you trust me, there's a way that you can circle things in your life and in your family and in your relationships that actually will bring about a victory that actually will be so sweet because you'll know it was me. You'll know only God could do that because this is a miracle that's not by power and it's not by might, but it's gonna be because of my spirit. And he wanted to teach them the right way to circle. And I want to teach you this morning how to circle well. Some of you literally are living your life deja vu. You get here every single Sunday and you would actually say, I've been moving all week, but nothing's changed. You get here on Sunday and you're like, I've been busy all week, but those things that really I need a breakthrough in, I can't see any difference. And I want you this week when you leave here to go out of here with a circling plan so that next week when you come back, things have shifted. It was just seven days of circling that was gonna go on. And in seven days, walls were gonna come down because they were gonna learn how to circle well. It says, first of all, in Joshua 6 verse 2, the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Underline it if you have a Bible. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. That is all you need. See, I have. Not I might. Not I'm thinking about it. Not it possibly could happen. Not if you are good. 
not if things are working towards my advantage, not if the wind is blowing in a certain direction. I have delivered Jericho into your hands. See, I have delivered. See what? The walls were still up. See what? Nothing was moving. See what? It was still very intimidating, but there's a way that you have to learn to see that is not to do with your natural eyes, but it's all to do with your spiritual understanding. See, I have already given you the victory. And some of you in this morning, if you would just see what God needs you to see, you would walk out of here completely different than the way you walked in. If you could understand, God's already done it. This book is full of words that say, see, I have already conquered death. See, I have already healed your diseases. See, I am already your provider and your provision. See, I am already the deliverer. See, I have already fought the battle and won your freedom. See, I have already paid the price for your brokenness to become whole. If you could see it, then you would stop asking for what you've already been given. And so he said, see, I have delivered. I know it doesn't look like it. I know nothing's changing. I know the walls are still high and everybody's like in awe of Jericho and it's awesome strength, but I've already done this. It's already done. When you know that something is already done, your whole behavior changes. When you know it's already paid for, you walk around with a whole different expression. When you know it's already taken care of, you stop saying half the things you were saying before. See, I have delivered. Some of you need to go back to the Word and see what God says. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. So here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna march around the city once with all the armed men and you're gonna do this for six days. And then you're gonna have priests carry trumpets and horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, you're gonna march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And then when you hear them, there's gonna be a sound and a long blast and then you're gonna have the army at that point give a shout. And the wall of this city, it will collapse. And you, the army, you will go in and everything after that will be yours. See, I've already done it. And I wanna say, first of all, we must all learn to circle the promise and not the problem. You have got to learn to circle the promise and not the problem. See, Richie Garrett, come up here for my illustration. Say Richie is, say Richie is a Jericho in your life. And I know you're good looking, but we'll just have you back to us because your good looks might be distracting for the church, especially your wife. Say this is a Jericho. I don't know what this is in your world. Maybe this is debt. Maybe this is a broken relationship. Maybe this is sickness right now in your body. Maybe this is unemployment. Maybe this is, you know what, you failed in an area that you thought you'd succeed. Maybe this is just you feel so lonely. Maybe you feel like broken, offended, I don't know what your Jericho is, what this enemy big wall that intimidates you every time you get out of bed is. I don't know what regret it is or failure it is or mistake it is or secret it is. I don't know what it is, but you know. And there's a way that it dominates in our lives and it's always present. And it, it strikes fear in our hearts and 
Though we're in the promised land, though we're saved and we're in the place where God said good things are going to happen, it's just there and it takes the edge off what you should be enjoying. It kind of puts a sour in the sweet. It's just like, it's just there. You're like, I hope nobody mentions it. I hope nobody says anything about it. I'd rather ignore it. And though you're moving in your ministry or you're moving in your life or you're moving in your career, that thing, it's not changing. That thing, it's still there. That thing, it, it still stares you down in the secret place. That thing, it still intimidates you. And so God said, Jericho will come down. I've already decided it's fate. But you're gonna have to learn to circle it. You could say, well, God, can't you just take it? Can't you just remove it? Will you just not blow it over? Can it just be over and done with now? Can we shout today? But God said, no, you're gonna circle. And so they had to begin a circling process. And you know, when you circle something, wherever you are, it's present. Every time you turn, it's there. It's not like you're drifting off and then you're coming back to it. It's always there. It's at the dinner table. It's that person that reminds you of it. It's the comment that somebody said. It's always there, it's ever present. When you're circling, you're not like escaping it, you keep looking at it. But the thing is, you've got to decide what you're gonna see when you circle. Are you going to see Jericho or are you gonna see Jesus? Are you gonna see the problem or are you gonna see in your mind the promise that God said it will come down? When you walk around it, are you gonna see fear or are you gonna see faith? What are you going to focus on when you circle? Because you have a choice. You can either focus on the wall or you can focus on the Word. And when you are circling, you have got to learn where to put your eye. See, I might have to walk around my Jericho. I might have to circle it for several days. And some of you, it's been several years. But I tell you, when you walk around it with this as your focus, God said He's gonna deliver this into my hands. God's Word says, by His stripes I am healed. You know what, I know you're there, but I ain't giving you any more attention than you deserve because I'm just circling you because you're about to fall down. And when you fall down, I'm gonna walk right in into the area you think you've blocked for me. And I know right now you'd like me to look at you and be intimidated by you, but God said to circle you. He didn't say to worship you. He didn't say to talk about you. He didn't say to lift you up to a higher level than you are. He said to circle you. And you can either do a defeated lap. Oh, it's so hard and I hope they don't mention it and I hope that doesn't happen and I, oh, I'm so sore from this offence and I hope that person's not there and I'm just gonna have to get round it one more time today and this week I'm just gonna have to circle it again. You can either circle it that way or you can say my lap will be a lap of victory. Every day I will get up and walk in what God says is going to be my future. I will get up and walk around this differently. See, some of you have made Jericho way more special than it needs to be. You've made it way bigger than it should have ever been. You've added bricks to Jericho. You've added problems on top of your problem. And that's why you need to know the second reason, the second thing you need to do when you're circling 
not focus on the, pro- on the problem, focus on the problem, on the promise. But also the second thing he said, listen to this, Joshua told them all, we're gonna circle this. Verse 10, he said, and so here's the instruction. I don't want anyone to make a noise. I don't want anyone to give out a war cry, not yet. I don't want anyone to raise your voice. I don't want you to say a word, not a word, until it's time to shout. I don't want you to say anything. See, some of you, you have to understand that silence right now is the most powerful gift you can give yourself. That actually, when you are going round your walls, it is not a time for having a conversation. Because see, in the desert, in the wilderness, they circled and the conversation began on the first lap. And it wasn't long before lots of people began to chime in and they began to murmur with every step that they were making and grumble and complain. And let me tell you something, once you start to grumble and complain, there will be no end of things you can add to your list of complaints. And do you know this? Do you know that the enemy does not know what's bothering you until you speak it? He can't read your mind. He has no clue what's going on on the inside until you say it. And once you say it, he's like, okay, I don't know where your weak spot is. Now I'm gonna go there all week. I'm gonna niggle that weak spot all week. And so some of you, you're giving him intel you should not be giving him. And the best thing for you to do is get up and say, today I hold my peace. Today I walk around my Jericho with a silent confidence in the God I serve. Today I walk around this thing that's obstructed me and blocked me. And you know what? My prayer will be an internal one. My confession to myself will be stronger than the conversations around me. I can't talk to you right now because I am circling a Jericho and I don't need the distraction. I travel with Natalie Grant, many of you know that, and she sings and she has a voice like no other. I mean, it's a powerhouse. But it's often when we're traveling that she will wake up and there'll be a little sign next to the coffee pot. And it will say, good morning, Charles, voice rest day. And I know what it means. It means we're not gonna talk all day. We'll write notes to each other, but she is not gonna use her voice for any conversation because she knows tonight you need to step on that platform and shout. And when you shout in worship, walls are gonna come down in people's lives. And so she's saying, I haven't got the space in my throat. My throat's sore, so I need to rest my voice because I have a war tonight that requires me to be full strength. And here's the problem. When it is time to shout, some of you have no voice left. You can't shout, you only can squeak out something because you've used all your words on things that have made no difference to this wall. You can sit down a moment. Silence, thank you. You can come up. Let me tell you something, and I'll preach more on this tonight because I have tonight, and so we might get the rest out tonight. But let me tell you something about silence. Silence is awkward. When you're moving, but nothing's changing, everything in you wants to cover the awkwardness. So when you're moving, but your ministry's not blooming, your situation's not any better, you're embarrassed because this thing you said is gonna come down, it's not, not even a brick has fallen off it. I mean, it's not even shuddered. It's 
There's nothing different about it when you started in day one and you're on day four. And so here's what we do. We begin to feel a bit awkward and we're embarrassed that our wall looks the same as it did before. And so we start to use our words to try and cover up our sense of failure. And we make stuff up to make it sound better than it is. And we say, oh no, well, you know, really, we have had a real breakthrough. And the truth is you've had no breakthrough. But you feel like I should say something because Jericho is like really still there and everybody's kind of doubting my faith. But I think the silence was God says, you're not interfering with my plan. You're gonna have to understand trust. And trust looks like going round again. Yeah, but I said, God, I would have this great business and it would be prospering and this had happened. Well, you know what? Then you probably have to learn to be quiet. And what I've begun to discover with God is there's no awkward silence with God. There is with people. But with God, there's no awkward silence. There's actually something very beautiful about being able to say, I don't get it. I don't see any movement, but I choose to go around again. I choose to do what you told me to do. I'm saving my voice for the time when I need to shout. I'm saving my energy for actually the day when it's gonna make a difference. And today, today I don't have any words to add. Today, I don't have anything to put into this situation other than obedience. Maybe this week for you, it needs to be a week where you're quiet about the things you keep talking about. And you just circle with a faith that you didn't have last week. Because oftentimes when we talk, it's frustration that is voice, not faith. Maybe you need to circle it with an absolute prayer going on the inside of you. God, I'm circling this, but I'm not gonna start speaking about it again. I'm not gonna feed my frustration. I'm not gonna let the enemy know where I'm at. I'm just gonna bring it to you. And in that place of being quiet and being steadfast and believing God, I tell you something on the inside will begin to roar there'll be a shout that begins to develop. There'll be an energy that begins to come on the inside because you'll know greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And what God said, he is well capable of doing. I'll have to finish this off tonight, but the other thing I love is that he says every night after they'd done a lap and actually the lap was not that long. It wasn't like exhausting marathon. It wasn't like long, long. The lap was achievable. But he says every day that they did the lap, Joshua said, now go back and rest. (laughs) Even that's hard. You're like, rest? I have a Jericho. Hello? Rest? No, 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 no. This circling thing's not working out for me. So I ain't resting right now. You know what I'm gonna do tonight? Because I did a lap. And that didn't really do anything. So tonight I'm gonna get my toolkit out. I'm gonna get my ladder and I'm gonna go up and start to loosen some bricks to help Jesus out. I'm gonna actually start to make some phone calls. I'm gonna actually start to push this thing forward. I'm actually gonna actually help God out because clearly it's not happening like I thought it would. And I love that he said, you all have to go rest because he was saying, nobody's allowed to get up and go do anything. You can't go push on the wall or lean against it. Can't go up and try and with your might do something to it. You have to rest because God's gonna do this, not you. And your part in this, actually the greater miracle here is not what God's gonna do. The greater miracle is the lesson it's gonna build in you. 
The lesson of how to circle well. The lesson that many people never learn and for years of their life, they circle in frustration instead of circling in faith. And I wanna encourage you today. I don't know what this is. I don't know what it is in your world, in your promised life. I don't know what's taking up space that it shouldn't be, but we all have them. I'm asking you this week to change the way you circle it. I'm asking you, instead of seeing Jericho, see Jesus. Instead of seeing walls, see the Word. Instead of being fearful about how big it is, be faith-filled about how big God is. I'm asking you to stop talking about things that are not helping anybody or anything and be okay with the awkward silence. You know when you love someone and you know someone really well? Like sometimes Steve and I, we'll be sat at home and not say a word to each other for a couple of hours. You might be reading a book and I might be doing a thing in my office and we're in the same space, but I'm comfortable to be quiet. You gotta find that place with God. Some of you are like, God, do you hear me? God, I'm praying to you about Jericho again. God is getting on my nerves, this Jericho thing, you need to deal with it. And this week instead, you just need to be, God said, it's coming down. God said, He is my sauce. So this week, I save my breath. I save my energy and I circle. And I just thank Him that you got this, God. You got this baby. You got this marriage. You got this problem. You've got this, God, you've got it because you got me. So I don't need to talk to you, God. I just need to trust you right now. And then there'll come a shift. I'll talk more about that tonight, but there'll come a shift. There'll come a shift on the inside of you and you'll wake up one morning and it might be tomorrow or it might be Thursday. And I can't explain it other than you just get up and you're like, okay, enough's enough. Today's the shout day. Today's the shout day. All that walking, all that saving my words, it was for today. And you just know, you just know on the inside of you, today a wall is coming down. Today I have to shout and God will bring this thing down. Today, I have to declare that God is my son. Today is when I'm gonna use my words because I've been waiting for this day. You'll know. And I tell you with a shout, with a shout. See, they didn't think anything was shifting. But you know what I believe? I believe as the army circled for all that time, as they circled with their feet of faith, as they circled around that huge wall, I think every footstep was loosening the foundation. I think everything they thought wasn't making a difference underground was making a huge difference. I think every time they took a step, God began to loosen a brick. But it wasn't until the seventh day that they saw, actually, we have not been circling for no reason, but we've been circling for God's perfect timing. Don't know if you've ever been in an airplane 
and you're just desperate to land. And then the pilot says over the Tanai, we're going to have to circle for a little while. And you're like, really? Ugh, I have to circle, I've got this far. But let me tell you with a different perspective, when he says that, you'll be grateful. Because were you to land just because you want to land, you would find that the runway was not clear. You would find that you would be in a collision with another aircraft and you would find your life would be over instead of kept safe in the air. The pilot's not circling because he's bored. He's not circling because he thinks, well, let's just do a few laps. He's circling because there's a time when it's safe to land. Your circling is not just about wasting time. Your circling is about bringing down a wall.